on the podcast have I told the story of almost losing the backup book? <laughs> Did I tell that story? I don't think you've told that story. You could restore it all and rescue me from Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I am your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me is Prasanna Maliandi. Woohoo! Did, did you like did you like my new my new I, I do like it. I think it's very enthusiastic. It's like Prasanna Maliandi. It's like I'm getting ready to step into the ring for a yeah, boxing are. match or a wrestling match. But I cannot I cannot say let's get ready to that phrase, you know, that because phrase that's copyrighted. Is copyrighted or trademarked or whatever the right word is. And and I don't want to get it's sued. Trademark. I think yep. I think you're right. I think trademark. Yeah. We don't want to get sued yes. again. We don't want to I wonder if you do it in a different language, does that count? <laughs> that's interesting. I, I, or do you think that they might have trademarked it in all the languages? You know, I just have absolutely no idea the answer to that question. Okay, things, I think that this should be researched for the next podcast, and we should come back with the answer. I should, go. I should learn I'm how to take say down it. that. You want me to learn how to well, say I'm it in Tamil? It. <laughs> well, I just want to understand what the legality is around that. So I will do some research, and in a future podcast, we will come back with the answer for our listeners. You know, there was that thing, and I don't, I, 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 I haven't researched it but my understanding is that happy birthday is uh copyrighted and yes. that you can't play it you're not supposed to play like like that's why restaurants what i haven't researched is the is the um is it is it really true that the people that own that uh license or copyright or whatever the right word is that they are actually going around and like trying to find restaurants and whatnot that are using this song in their, you know, saying happy birthday and then act actively suing them. If that's the case, I'm sure they are, or they're asking for a cut. Like I was watching something on YouTube the other day and then all of a sudden it was a show. Uh, it was an Indian TV show uh-huh. that I was watching with my wife and they were playing it. And then all of a sudden they cut out a song in the, in the show. Uh-huh. And it's not like they took out the entire scene. They actually just muted the volume and they printed a message saying, we can't play this audio due to copyright reasons. So you could see what's going on, but you couldn't actually listen to what's going on. Interesting. In England, it's prohibited to use footage of parliament in a comedy context only in comedy yeah you cannot you you can do all the footage of parliament so you can blow up parliament which is acceptable <laughs> like in that one like in sherlock the tv show but you can't make fun of you parliament. can't make fun of parliament so how do i know this is because it was on um on um shoot what's his name the, the last week tonight with john oliver and he 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 does some stuff you know he he's british right he's now american but he's british as well and he he's made some commentary on um the the goings on over there and he's made multiple references to the fact that that's illegal over there and his show plays over there so instead of playing that during segments he plays like 
footage of Gilbert Gottfried reading tweets or something like that. <laughs> um, some super annoying thing. So that's how I learned that totally well, I- annoying factoid. And by the way, although Prasanna and I are both Druva employees, this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are our own. And um, and if you have anything interesting that you'd like to talk to us about, your backups, your recoveries, your good ones, your bad ones, your scary ones, your funny ones. Uh, just Copyright law and trademarks as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything interesting, um, just um, email me at wcurtispreston at gmail.com and uh, give us a holler. So if you're listening to this podcast, but you didn't listen to the last podcast, uh, we have five free ebook codes that would get you a free copy of this book about K-Native. The only thing you have to do is email me and give us some feedback on this podcast, good, bad, or indifferent, and you get a free ebook code if you're one of the first five, because we have five of those. So right now we still have five. It's been a week. That's what we have. Really interesting story this week, which, which... To, it, it actually escaped my attention until somebody uh, brought it to my attention. And that was that Salesforce made a pretty big, what I think of as a pretty big announcement regarding their recovery service as I make quotes in the air. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Salesforce, you know, let's just back up. So Salesforce fits into the category of- No pun intended. Uh, 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 back up. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so Salesforce <laughs> fits into what we call the SaaS category, right? Software as a service. So Salesforce, Office 365, G Suite, Slack, Zencaster, which is what we use to record this podcast. These are all software as a service. And one of the things that we often discuss, uh, and that's the that's the big we that that definitely includes Druva, but also pretty much anyone in the backup space is whether or not it's appropriate uh, to backup SaaS services. And I take the very strong position of it's always appropriate to backup SaaS services, and it's never appropriate to um, rely on the integrated data protection capabilities of said SaaS service because it violates what persona? The three, two, one. Rule of backup. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, if you don't know what the three, two, one rule is, you're clearly new to this podcast, wouldn't you say? I was, I was just going to say, but to be fair though, I don't think we've talked about the three, two, one rule in probably a couple of four weeks. or five podcasts. Wow, four podcasts. All right, so Persona, why don't you, why don't you talk about the three, two, one rule? Three copies of data on two separate pieces of media, one of which is somewhere else. So the the last two sound the same, but they're but they're not. Because the reason the, the reason for the two is it's like, for example, if we look at Time Machine on a Mac, you could, Time Machine, if you just turn it on and tell it to back up to its local hard drive, it will go, well, that's stupid, right? But you could actually partition your Mac hard drive so that there's two quote unquote hard drives on your hard drive and, and Time Machine will back up to that other hard drive, but it's actually not another hard drive. That would be a violation of the two. That's a and then yeah. boom, if something happens to your hard yeah. drive, say bye bye. Yeah. So that's what that's what that means is you don't you don't store your copies where you store um, your uh, your original. And then um, well and well let me rephrase that. You don't make your backup to the same thing as what you're backing up, right? So for instance, if you were just copying your disks or your files from one directory into another directory on your laptop, that's probably not a good idea. It, well, it's helpful. 
it's helpful. It's helpful. Right? Like, you know, if, if you do nothing it's else. It's one of those three copies. Yes, it's one of the three copies. Uh, you know, you can you can make, like, it's very common for people that don't have a good backup system to maybe save a V1, V2 of your PowerPoint file that you're working so hard on. But that's that's a convenience copy. It's not a true recovery copy because if your hard drive, that'll help you if you have a, you know, a fat finger situation. But it won't help you if that hard drive or or uh, SSD fails. That's why we put it on two different things, and then one of we one of them needs to be somewhere else, right? Uh, that's your your poof. DR copy. Yeah, it reminds me. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this story because I do have a lot of stories. Uh, many years. You have stories, Curtis. Yes, I have stories. I am a raconteur extraordinaire. I'm, I wonder if my new boss likes that term. It's a French term. Do you know what it means? Mm-mm. It's French for big storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so recontour, it just literally like if you recounter, like it's a person who recounts things. It's a person, it's a storyteller. Anyway, it's it's a term for a person who likes to tell stories. Uh, many years ago, I was in one of the fir- my first uh, trade shows and I was going to do some kind of talk and I attended another talk and this guy uh, was talking about how tapes were bad and disc was good. And at the time, that was a relatively new concept as a backup medium, right? He, he was anti-tape and and all and it was all disc. He was going to go to all disc backup system. This was way before anybody was doing that. So I was very interested. So I went to go see it. And his logic was, I backed up to tape. I put those tapes in a box on top of the server I was backing up. That server caught fire. The tapes burned up. Therefore, tape is bad. What? <laughs> that's literally what he said. And so that's why he backs up the disc now. And I'm like, you do realize if you put the discs on top, they will also burn up, right? And no, yeah. literally, I, I attended a session where that was the logic of the person. And I remember being livid at the time and just saying, well, that's just, I'm sorry, but that's the dumbest logic I've ever heard. You know how sometimes they say smart people are kind of dumb? <laughs> no, I've I've never have you never heard heard this? Like they're really smart in different ways, Mm -hmm. but they may not be common sense smart, or they might just be oblivious to certain. Yeah, my dad used to put it like this. He's he used to say uh, a lot of people. I I forgot what he would say at the beginning, but basically he would say that that person doesn't have horse sense because even a horse has enough sense to come in out of the rain. (laughs) Um, So that was his phrase of like you know. A lot of people don't have common sense is kind of what you're saying, because this is that was a that was a fundamental flaw in his logic. Right. So the problem that I have with trusting a SaaS backup service with the integrated data protection is that it violates the three, two, one rule. Specifically, it violates the one and, and quite possibly the two. So when we talk about like Office 365, all all of their integrated data protection features are simply um they they either copy or move a version of a file or email just to a different uh, part of the database that is serving up your account. They don't physically copy it to anywhere. Uh, So it's really just a giant database that you are trusting for all of your data protection needs. I hate that idea. And and so while I really like Office 365 and I like that they've done a lot of good stuff with the data protection stuff, I don't like that many people, some of which work for Microsoft, 
sort of they they push the integrated data protection features to the point of saying, well, you don't need to back it up. And that, well, and I think from our last time that we talked about SaaS applications yeah. and backing yeah. them up, I think one of the problems also was a lot of the fine details are buried so deep that people just see, oh yeah, we back it up and then they're good to go. And exactly. And, and and there's and there's uh, there is an assumption, just a general assumption, on the part of very smart people, that it's a SaaS service, and so therefore data protection is one of the integrated features. And that's just, that's just not uh, that's just that is not something you should assume. And in fact, it's so far it's been my experience that none of the major SaaS providers have integrated data protection, none. So let's come back to Salesforce. So Salesforce had a recovery service where, again, I'm making quotes in the air. They had a recovery service where if all hell broke loose and you totally, your total account was completely FUBAR. You familiar with that acronym? That's an acronym. Uh, feel free to look that up. You could go to Salesforce and you could say, I want to utilize your recovery service. Salesforce would charge you $10,000. And what you would get was a bunch of CSV files that you could download and then manually upload back to your account to somewhat restore your account to a decent position. So the really big thing about the service is that it took six to eight weeks. So you've just you just totally screwed up your Salesforce instance and now you pay ten thousand dollars and what you got was a bunch of CSV files six to eight weeks later. Wait, 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 wait. So if my business, right, Salesforce yeah. has now become like a mission critical yep. application for a yep. lot of companies. So for six to eight weeks, I am basically you're flying blind down. Yeah, yeah, you're picking up and totally screwed. You're picking up a phone and like dialing random people. <laughs> Say, would you like to buy some Crazy. stuff? I don't know if we've already sold you some stuff, but you know, because I don't have a database, so we're just going to call you and we're, you know, yeah. It, it's it it would definitely be bedlam for a lot of companies, right? And so here's what happened last week. Salesforce basically acknowledged how horrible this service was and decided to discontinue it. They basically said, look, nobody wants their data two weeks later. Nobody wants to pay $10,000 to get their data two weeks later. We think it's crap. You think it's crap. Everybody thinks it's crap. So we're not going to sell it anymore. Please, you you know, they, they, they basically said, we have some integrated ways you can back up your data and there are third-party services. You should use one of those. We are not backing up your data, period. Well, it's refreshing to see them be so upfront. Of the three, of the three it. major ones, Salesforce has always been the most upfront, right? For for the record, and and, and even though I, I've I've been pretty hard on them for like that outage that they had last year, where they actually corrupted customers' data and then told their customers to go restore it. Um, they they've been of the three. So G, Google. It has been okay. They haven't actively done the way Microsoft has done and said, you don't need to back us up. Uh, they, but they haven't done what Salesforce has done where they said, you definitely need to back us up. They've been sort of in the middle. of So of the three, I'd say Salesforce has been the the most upfront. But I agree with you. Um, upfront is always good. And so what does this mean for customers though? Well, right? it means that they should, if, well, it, Honestly, it technically should have been no change for customers because you should have been backing up your Salesforce already. But having said that, hopefully this, for those of you that are currently using Salesforce, you need to now understand that, that Salesforce has no way to recover your data if 
you are not backing it up yourself. Done, period, full stop. There are some ways, right, to back up Salesforce data. They, they provide a, there's a, they, you know, the, you can do the, um, the sandbox method, right? So you can mm -hmm. every once in a while copy your Salesforce data over to a sandbox, and that will be helpful in certain recovery scenarios. You can also download, I, but again, I, I, I still think that's a violation of the three, three, two, one rule because it, I think it's just another copy of your data inside the data, inside the same database, right? And you can also download, you can just go and say, I would like to download my account. It, it takes a while to generate that. It's like a big tarball. And then you can download mm -hmm. that manually. Again, the, the, the difficulty I have with that is that you, it, there's no way to automate it, right? So you, you go in, you, you know, you do the thing and then you download the thing. That's one problem is that it, it's, it's, it's a manual process, which I don't, I, I've, I'm not a fan of any backup processes that require manual intervention. Uh, number two is it's going to, depending on the size of your account, it might take a while to back it up. So the third way is some kind of software or service that backs up, you know, a third party that backs up, of which there are many, one of which obviously Drew is one. There are many companies that back up Salesforce. Um, my personal opinion is that is the way to do it. And that's not just because I work for Druva, but because I believe in automated backup and always have. I don't know. Yep. Back up your data. It's good. Back up your data and back it up in a way that it just happens, right? Like just speaking of just happens, that's actually one of the things I love about Apple's time machine is it just works in the background. You're not doing anything. It does. And I like Apple's time machine. What I don't like about Apple's time machine is that like in terms of if this is your only method of backup is that it does require you, assuming you've got a laptop, it, you know, assuming you've got a laptop, it means you need to remember to plug in your, your hard drive, you know, your portable hard drive. And number two, if it's not a laptop, it means that your hard drive is, your backup hard drive is always plugged in, which means you're violating the three, two, one rule again, right? There's no, um, there is a thing. Um, that's another, sh I think that's another think show. Okay. Another show for the future. Consumer, Consumer backup. backup. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we could talk about backing, backing up the Mac. Um, something I, Hey, at least it's got something. Windows, Windows backup is not there. So for customers, then we talked about back up your right. Salesforce, make sure you do it. What else would you recommend? I know we talked about backup, but like we always say, make sure your restores actually work. Yes. Uh, you know, there, there's an assumption that I make that I shouldn't, I shouldn't always make is, is that. Don't assume everyone is as <laughs> no, smart as not, you. It's not about that. It's just, it's just. Or yeah. has as much experience. Whenever you have a backup method, it should always be tested. I, we we have we've had I can't remember who it was. Oh, it's um it's Ben Ben who has been a guest on the podcast with beer and backups. We did, we need to do another beer and backups episode. So in the beer and backups episode, Ben continually would say over and over, you know, you don't have a backup until you have restored it, right? And, until you have tested it. And and the thing is, yes, I, I I have had a couple of decades of experience. And, and I've been bitten a few times like that. The, the one that I can think of was I remember backing up uh, using TSM 100 years ago. And I was backing up to IBM 3592, I think. <laughs> it's been a while. The, the cobwebs, I'm pulling out the cobwebs. I think that it was, it was some 35 something or other. 
and and the backups were running for months and everything was fine and then but we didn't test the recovery well we went to go do recovery and we found out that those tape drives they didn't read for squat so we had all these backups that we weren't able to restore from luckily we we discovered that before it got too bad and i i do remember somehow fixing it but that was the scenario. Don't ever assume that you can restore from a backup that you haven't tested. An- another good story. What? Wise words from Mr. Backup. <laughs> yeah. I've never worked for a company where I was the person building right. the backup system, but I'm also very paranoid uh-huh. in my personal life. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean nobody's out to get you. <laughs> so even from an early day of when I first had my own computer and all the rest, I would make sure I was backing that thing up to at least two other hard drives, one external, one internal, plus copying data off to CDs uh-huh. at the time. And of course, I would always assume CDs are fine. And I would go and buy the cheapest mm. CDs because I was a poor college kid. And... They would work great and I would do, I would be good. I would back up my data to the CDs at least once a month. So I had a whole bunch of CDs sitting there. And of course I had the cheap CDs. So once my system failed and I had to go back to the CDs and yeah, you know, when you get that (laughs) as a CD drive keeps spinning and trying to read data. Sound effects are, you're not quite, you're not quite as good as that guy on, on police Academy. Do you know the, you know the guy I'm talking about? Okay. Yep. I don't know his yep. name, but he's really good at those sound effects. <laughs> but yes, so that is what happened, and I lost some data, not too much, but yeah, I lost some data. That's when I started backing up to a network. I lost some well. data on a Drobo once. I don't remember what happened, but I remember losing some data on a Drobo. There's one that my wife won't let me forget, and that's that there were some. <clears throat> this was more a this was more a case of bad storage management than it was a failed restore but we had a whole sort of set of photos and whatnot that somehow didn't make a transition in the in the you know in the preston household (laughs) that there were some photos of you know and every once in a while that will come up with my wife where it'll be like you remember that trip we took to rome too bad we don't have any photos of that and I'm like, yeah, that really sucks that we don't have any photos of that trip, but we have the memories. Memories. You know, sometimes um, the shoemaker's kids need shoes. You familiar with that phrase? It's a phrase. Mm-hmm. So the phrase is that shoemaker's kids always need shoes. And that is that like, just because I'm in the backup shoemaker business never has doesn't mean I always do. do the right thing myself. Because sometimes it's, you know, it's like, yep. it's like bringing your work home. But you're Mr. Backup. Mr. Backup can yeah. never fail. Um, on the podcast, have I told the story of almost losing the backup book? <laughs> Did I tell that story? I don't think you've told uh, that story. So um, you have to go back, you know, 100 years ago. But um, when I wrote the very first backup book, there's what's called QC1, QC2, and QC3, which is like quality control, different versions of the book over time. And when you got to QC3, what you were supposed to do you were supposed to print it out. Like actually they wanted me to print it out on paper. And then I was supposed to read it like it was a book, like I was reading it for the first time, which at that point is really hard to do because you're sick and tired of this book by that point. I had been working on that book for three years and I printed it out on, on paper 
and I went to Kinko's and I got it bound so that it was like a book, right? I had one of those comb binds, you know, and I did this because we were, <clears throat> we were coming up to a vacation. And so I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to grab this book and I'm going to bring it with me. And I, I, I needed to finish it by a certain time. We were trying to get it out by Christmas, the Christmas before Y2K, all the backup people were going to buy this for their Christmas presents. And oh so, boy. yeah, so Who I was on vacation first? and going to Disney world with my little kids at the time. And, um, I was literally walking around Disney and Epcot with this big 700 page book in my hand. And I was standing in line at Disney redlining stuff. Okay. So I finally finish this task and we left the park. We got to the car and I was undoing the stroller because we had little ones. And then I said to my wife, where is my book? And she said, what are you talking about? Uh. I said, I don't have my book. The one that I've spent the last like month reading, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I don't know how long it had been, but it was a really long time. And this was the final thing. And if I didn't turn it in, we weren't going to make the day, which was the thing we were trying, you know, it was a big, big deal. Right. And <clears throat> I, um, were you nuts for going to Disneyland I, at this we time? We had already planned the vacation. You know what I mean? You know, I would have canceled well, it. I didn't do that. Thanks for, thanks for your, thanks for Water your advice. Next, yeah. Next time. Next yeah, okay. time. Let me know. So me. I, anyway, so we went back into the park and retraced our steps and there was my book sitting on the counter at the gift shop. Oh, and we oy. rescued it. You're glad someone didn't steal that book. They could have put their name on you it, think, published it, guess, you, you and been Mr. Backup. That was my risk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's... They could have been Mr. They, Backup they instead of you. could have been me. That would have been the end of my end of my career as as Mr. Backup. Anyway, that's um, that's how I almost lost that book. <laughs> so sorry. Just mm -hmm. quickly going back to the SaaS companies. Do you think other companies will follow in the you know, footsteps it, of Salesforce? I can, in I terms can only of hope. I I I just wish that SaaS companies would be very upfront on what their contract says with regards to backup services, right? It either is included or it's not included. And Salesforce is making a very emphatic statement of like, it is not included, please back up your stuff. Google doesn't say it emphatically. Microsoft doesn't really talk about it. And some of their salespeople are absolutely misrepresenting their offerings and telling people that they don't have to back it up. Um, I, I, I really hope that other companies, um, will take this as a clue and just, just be upfront about it. Right. Uh, I mean, even if the, if, if they do offer data protection services, I would just have to take a very close look at those services and judge them individually as to whether or not it's something that I would trust my data to. Right. But right now, mm -hmm. none yeah. of them. Are, are good enough that they, they don't, they are simple violations of the three, two, one rule. It's not about, I want to make money for Druva, right? It's, 
it's they're, they're, it, it's a basic violation of backup design. It's just like you would expect in a SaaS app that your data, uh, sorry, that the service right. is available. Data protection should also be something that customers should ask of their SaaS vendors. Sorry, what they want to right, do. Right. They, should, they should just ask those like questions and they should just, they just, they should find out how it, how it does or does not conform to the three, two, one rule. And if the vendor doesn't know what the three, two, one rule is run, right? Not necessarily from them as a service, mm-hmm. but from a data protection standpoint, um, if they don't know what the three, two, one rule is, or at least something like it. And if you don't know what the three, two, one rule is, and you're looking at some of these SaaS vendors, I'm sure that there are backup folks or people familiar with backup within your organization. Maybe you should talk to them and find out what should you be asking of these SaaS vendors. Do we have anything else on regarding Salesforce backup? Nope. Back up your Salesforce, back up all your SaaS, back up the SaaS. And with that, I will say thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe to the Restore It All podcast so that you can always restore it all. Fix it instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. It'll be completely done Maybe one day